Hello and welcome to the next Bone Ditch by Ian Bird. Uh, my name is Ian Bird and this is Bone Ditch. We're halfway through chapter three. This gobbit is gobbit eight and it's called Health and Safety Gone Mad. It had been a beautiful day after a bizarre night. The collapsed cemetery was now filled in and the sun was going down. This was 25 years ago, asked Elliot. I'm an old man, Gavin replied. 25 years and you still miss her that badly. It wasn't just that I lost her, Gavin said. It's what I lost her too. Elliot's own parents had died 20 years before. Was it so different? She looked at him. Yes, yes it was. She didn't actually miss her parents anymore. There was something colder in her or something better equipped for survival. She hated her job, Gavin said. Twenty-five years before the Scottish cemetery, Danton Took opened his fucking mouth. This stripper explained it to me, he said to his giggling cronies. She said when she started, she was told by the other girls that she needed a new name, something exotic, something that would get the blokes interested hard. She said that she called herself Miss Laid. Everyone laughed. After a few months, though, you know, life. So she wound up having to change her name. She became Miss Period. Everyone laughed. But there was a happy ending. In the end, she became Miss Carrie. Everyone laughed. Catherine Eliopoulos wanted to kill everyone in the room. Instead, she doodled a skull in the margin of her meeting notes, adding five times as many teeth as a normal human would find sufficient. Danton ended the meeting shortly afterwards, walking out of the room still alive. He didn't even look at Catherine. It was as if he couldn't hear the furious buzzing in her head. For Christ's sake, just quit. Catherine stared at Gavin as if she had just shat on her mother's flower bed. What did you say? Oh, you heard me. If you hate it so much, just give it up. You're smart. It's obvious that you're smart. You'll obviously get another job. So why put up with him? Why put up with that idiot a second longer than you have to? You're going to live forever? These are memories you want to have? No. Just fucking give it up. This fucking argument again. He'd never argued it before, but she'd known it was coming, so it felt like an old fight revisited. The bait was rotten and stinking, but she rose to it anyway. Why should I be the one to give up my job? It's my job, and I'm good at it. Why should I have to quit? Gavin glared at her. Because it's turning into a fucking nightmare, and if it's doing this to you on a daily basis, then you're clearly not very good at it. Normal people don't come home and rant for half an hour. Well, thank you for your support, Catherine said. Fuck you! You can't find it in yourself to vent at your boss, then you don't have the right to vent at me. He stood up and stormed out, literally stormed. After Iceland, she had pictured the god of storms to be nothing less than Thor himself. Turned out he was actually her tetchy boyfriend. Does that happen a lot? Catherine turned to Anna. Sorry about that, he's usually a lot more friendly. He took me on holiday just last month. Is he right about work, though? Is it that bad? Catherine didn't meet up with Anna very often. She lived in Greece, where Catherine used to visit with her father before he had run away. That had been ten years ago now, ten years this summer. When they managed to get together, she liked to have Anna to herself. This had been a special occasion. Work's fine, Catherine said. It can be a bit stressful sometimes, but the money's good, and the experience has been brilliant. It's in PR, right? Anna said. Don't say it like that. I get to learn lots about all kinds of businesses, make contacts in the strangest places all over the city. I'm learning lots. The money's... Do you like it, though? Why would I pay this much, said Danton Took the next day. That's just what it costs. That isn't what I asked Catherine. It may be what it costs, but why would I pay it? 
Worse than Danton took the stand-up comedian was Danton took the businessman, in Catherine's opinion. She had been dealing with ingratiating neediness, slathered with rancid offensiveness since she'd been at school, but self-righteous indignation worn like a condom over pretensions of acumen was just the, why would I pay more for the office lease this time around? I've been here for the last five years. I know how shitty the building is. I pay you what I pay you so that I don't have to pay them what they want me to pay them. Get it? Come on, Catherine, I could bargain him down. Of course I could. Do I have to? Can't you do it? This is literally what I pay you to do. Catherine gathered her papers and stood up. I have another meeting with the landlord tomorrow, she said. Good. Remember, we're a bird in the hand. It'll cost them if we decide to leave. But it won't, Danton. That's what I'm saying. The market has shifted. He could rent it out tomorrow for far more than what he's offering us. That, he leaned back in his chair, the one that cost five times as much as any other chair in the office. Danton took, chief executive account manager for Skull PR, only ever answered to the CEO, and even then he would be answering back. Never heard of a deal he couldn't have closed better. All the faith of a fanatic, the kind of fanatic that sends the little children off with his bombs. If you go in there tomorrow with that attitude, then you'll fail again. You're smart, or at least you used to be, so you know better. So you will do better. Danton. Catherine, seriously, I'm busy. Can you deal with this, or do I have to? Because if I have to, then I really don't see why I have to waste my time arguing with you about it now. I just fucking do it. I can deal with it. Good, then do it. Catherine walked out of the office. Everything there seemed normal. The faces, the voices, even large parts of her own mind felt recognisable. So what to make of that demented rage? It felt like it could split her bones and send shards sharking through her skin. It felt like it could stab her from the inside. That wasn't normal, was it? And Danton had a point anyway. She had used to be sharp. She couldn't sleep. It wasn't Gavin snoring. She couldn't find an excuse that wasn't her own incompetence. Her flesh was crawling over her bones, making the inside of her skin itch and her brain was boiling. She felt as if she had just been just about outrunning all those goblins and now she'd tripped and now they were on her, trampling her, crushing her, more and more and more and she couldn't get up, would never be able to get up. If only there was some place that she could hide, defend, launch a counterattack, a cave, a trench, a... but she looked at her clock radio. She would have to get up in an hour but Gavin was snoring pretty loudly. Her brain started to arrange everything that she needed to do in the office that day. Her brain was moving fast, arranging lists and drafting emails. She could make the arguments, lying there in the dark. She could get things done. If she got up right now, she might be able to gouge a few labours from her to-do list. But her body was so heavy, and she knew that if she pulled herself out of bed, all that momentum and industry in her brain would suddenly fall apart, and she would have lost an hour of relaxing, of calming, of building up the reserves that today would demand. No, better just to lie still and make the most of the peace. Gavin was still snoring. Her brain fidgeted. She mustn't forget to speak with Alan again about the leaks from the roof. Making that case to the building manager would then help reinforce the case to the landlord himself about the rent. She had the details on the number of inspections Alan had carried out over the last ten months. It wasn't a high number. It would make him look pretty bad to his boss, but it would be another bone to pick on the service charge case. She would have to get up in 40 minutes. She growled and rolled over in the bed. Her brain started to map the pipe to the building's boiler system for no discernible reason. Water on the brain. She would have to get up in 30 minutes. Gavin kept snoring. This was all work that she should have done already anyway. Why was it always the case that she knew exactly what to do but never managed to get to it? There was always something else that got in the way. She always let something else get in her way. She always got it wrong every time. Like her mother... The retirement home was just too expensive. Even if Danton let her keep her job, the cost would soon become untenable. But her mother had insisted on this one, this home, close to her old home, next to her old garden. 
Catherine couldn't exhume my mother from what should have been her final resting place, could she? What kind of person would do that? The alarm clock went off. Gavin yawned, stretched and rolled out of bed. Good sleep? he asked cheerfully. When he went snoring, I'm sure I managed to get some rest, yes. Oh, for Christ's sake. Gavin disappeared into the bathroom. She didn't see him again before she'd left for the office. What can I do, Catherine? I ask them to come out every time you ask me. But I can't authorise the work. I have to wait for head office to book the visit. That isn't good enough, Alan. Catherine, what else can I do? I want you to do your job. You're the building manager, so manage the building. She hadn't meant to raise her voice. She hadn't meant to acknowledge how angry she really was. Danton could flail around that way, but anger on her stank like weakness. The strange thing was that she actually liked it up here on the roof of the office block. It was a new view of the West End. Watching the shoppers trail up and down Oxford Street was nice. The slightly criminal giddiness of being up here so close to the edge was a bit of an odd turn-on. All of her turn-ons were odd these days. Catherine's brain skittered, a rickety hive of bees. She had to be getting on. Feeling at peace made her nervous. The landlord was worth millions, and he was in the right. With respect, he said, we both know what the space is worth on the market, and we both know that your company can afford what I'm asking. PR firms like yours are the only companies that don't need PR firms. Your business is that good, yes? And yet you're here asking me to give up on the income that is due me just to do you a favour. You're suggesting a huge leap up from the last lease. Catherine said. I'm insisting on a huge leap up, but a huge leap up from the last lease is exactly the point. It's a huge leap up from what the market rate was back then. I have to say, this figure that you're proposing, it isn't very respectful. Catherine agreed with him. But you're running the building down, she said. Excuse me? We both know that you are. The building's getting more and more ramshackle. It isn't the, excuse me, excuse me, just a minute. You want the rent to be less. I understand that. I imagine you're being pressured to get me to lower that rent. I sympathise. But that gives you no right, no right at all, to accuse me of running down the building. It does not. That address means more to me than it does to you. You only work for the man who rents it. I bought it. I invested in it. We both know that you own other properties that are... that are. It's an easy argument for you, I imagine said the landlord, that I'm just trying to fuck you. But really, Miss Eliopoulos, I fuck a lot better than the likes of you. Skull PR. What a joke. You don't even take yourselves seriously. She was angry. She was also ashamed. She stared right at him. I don't think we have anything else to say to each other, she said. He interrupted her. This city's been here for a thousand years. You are hanging off its hide like a fucking tick. I invested in it. I invested in part of it 20 years ago. I'll still be investing in it, part of it, in 20 years' time. You'll have kids and a suburban garden by then. You'll come to the city once a month to visit a fucking museum and complain about the crowds. Meanwhile, I'll look after my building. I take care of it. When they come, telling me I should raise my rents or lower their rents, they're talking about tomorrow because they have no idea about what I've invested in. No appreciation at all. I need to be worrying about what my street will look like in a decade, in two decades, in three decades. You think because it's stone that it's dead. The dead are everywhere. This city is built on bones and accidental graveyards. There are thousands of gardens made of stone in the world. Just because a place is made of the dead doesn't mean that it doesn't support life, help life. You want more money tomorrow because you want to retire the day after tomorrow and expect to be dead by the weekend. I cannot allow myself the sad luxury of your stunted imagination and I respectfully decline your insult. My offer remains the same. Good day to you, Miss Eliopoulos. A London landlord made you feel ashamed. Gavin laughed loudly and Catherine sank deeper onto a bar stool. It was 6.30 on a school night in a West End pub and the people around her were bustling, laughing, one step from cavorting. They were seething. 
That sensation again. Gavin had once fingered her in this pub. She really didn't feel like that woman anymore. She just felt ashamed, shriven. Don't laugh at me, it was horrible. He's a millionaire, a dozen times over. You don't have to apologise to him. Gavin was both wrong and stating the obvious. His words hurt her, physically, not like wounds, but like insect bites. You did it because Danton asked you to, he added. Danton told me to, she said. And if Danton told you to jump off a building, would you? Please don't. She looked around her. She felt like she was going to be dumped and simultaneously like she was just now nailed to every failing thing in her life forever. She hadn't used to feel this way. I'm sorry. Gavin stopped speaking but still looked at her. I know you hate to hear it, but I mean it. I think you should quit. Gavin, this job isn't doing you any favours. You're angry. You're tired. You're all the time tired. You feel lousy. You feel lousy about yourself. You only took this job because it was the first offer you got. You can find another job. You don't have to make do. His face was open and bore the sickening stains of not having had to betray its convictions. Across his hair crawled a bee. He reached out and knocked him loose. The bee caught the air and floated off out of the window. Gavin caught her wrist. I'm in love with you, he said. But these days, these days I just, I just don't like spending time with you these days. Gavin. You keep saying my name like you don't recognise me. For fuck's sake, you're the one who's changing. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Hanging on to this stupid fucking job. She was crying. Iceland was good, right? Iceland, Iceland was something good. What am I looking at? Danton stood on the roof the next day, Catherine's favourite spot on the building, and he shrugged. They didn't lower their offer. Jesus Christ. Danton spun back and glared at her. Did you ask me up here because you didn't want me to shout at you in front of everyone in the office? Is that it? It's just one disappointment after another these days, isn't it? She ground her teeth. That blood she could taste in her mouth was her own. She was literally eating herself. A bee landed on the front of Danton's jacket. Let me get that for you. Catherine reached out to swat it, then changed her mind and pushed him hard. Danton toppled off the roof. The bee caught the air and floated off. She looked down. A broken and bleeding body was lying, still, six stories below. A woman was looking up at her from another roof, several streets over. Catherine couldn't see her in any detail. She was short and painfully thin, and most certainly looking her way. She even lifted a skinny hand and waved at Catherine. Catherine didn't wave back, just snuck back down to the office. No one had noticed her leave. She imagined someone would find the body and call the police soon enough. And they did. There was a big old uproar, not least because of all the complaints over how unsafe the roof clearly was. Honestly, it was ridiculous. There hadn't even been a guardrail, no security bolt on the exit door to stop people who didn't understand how gravity worked from straying up to the roof. In light of everything, the landlord really didn't have to be asked again to lower his offer for the next five-year lease. Skull PR got it for a steal. Richard Calvary, Danton's boss, their chief executive, was delighted, but heartbroken, but delighted. Catherine thought it might look a bit suspicious if she didn't put herself forward for Danton's job. So she did, and she got it. Gavin didn't know that story about his long-lost love then, asked Dove, 25 years and 10 days later. I don't think so, no, said Elliot. That's the thing about bone ditch, said the rag and bone man as he sipped his pint thoughtfully. If you fall into the bone ditch, it won't be you that crawls out. To be continued.